All right, guys, and welcome back to episode 105 of the Impact Defense Podcast. Um, we have Stephen on. This is actually going to be part two of our last episode where we were talking about medical training. Right, right. Uh, medical training and, and gear to have with you. Yep. All right. Okay, uh, so real quick before we jump back into our previous conversation, uh, let's not forget about the official fuel of Impact being blackout coffee. When, when we had a break, we actually finished up filming uh, the last one. Stephen mm-hmm. did have some. I'm just kind of curious. Oh, oh yeah, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> what about the chocolate covered cherry? Yeah, the chocolate cherry. Uh, it, yeah, if you like chocolate covered cherries, it's it's awesome. If you don't, you probably think it's gross. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, either way, it's it really good. I feel a lot more focused. Um, and it's just not a really high-quality coffee. It, yeah. And, um, yeah, like, and you don't have to show for communists like you do for Starbucks. <laughs> well, you can go to impactgear.live slash coffee. Mm-hmm. You can get it there. Uh, but you can also just go straight to their website, blackoutcoffee.com. Use the coupon code IMPACTDEFENSE. Get you 10% off. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. So we're going to hop right into, yeah, our back into our conversation. Kind of the first thing, dealing with massive hemorrhage, uh, tourniquets. Um, now, personally, I'm a tourniquet snob. If we're talking about dudes that are really, really well-versed, they won't have to listen to this podcast anyway. Um, but Well, this is more of a why you need instead yeah. of, like, all of the well, stuff yeah. anyway. Yeah, so. like, um, so when it comes to tourniquets for me, <laughs> TCCC approved. Uh, tactical Combat Casualty Care approved. Um, essentially, it's just kind of the guideline for medical response for the military and stuff like that. Um, me personally, if it's not approved by them, I will not use it as a primary tourniquet. Yeah. Um, not at all. These are the ones that are, uh, nothing's guaranteed to work. It's a man made product. Yeah, They're yeah, all yeah. subject to failure. But, you know, these are the ones that are cleared for military for standardized military use yeah um so this one's a soft ty this one's a generation three um i like the generation four a little better these fold up if you're gonna carry one piece of like medical kit on your person every day it it should be a tourniquet yeah Um, anything else is much more easily improvised this is the hardest thing to improvise um yeah because i I hear all the time people say well what about using a belt as a tourniquet and i was like it's hard to get the pressure you need with you know yeah like that's a really cool thing for a movie but you know yeah that's awesome like you know so uh, you can just die slower (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah like you know you can you can hold it until you slowly lose enough blood that you pass out and then you just lose the rest of it and you die yeah whereas you know if you use one of these it'll actually shut it off and if you pass out you know you you may pass out but like it's it's shut off yeah um you know and, and don't get me wrong it, it you may need to um even yeah. with ttc approved tourniquets and stuff like that you may need to it depends on people's blood pressure and you know uh, there's a whole bunch of factors for it mm. especially if they're they're really really large if you have a 700 pound patient who has you know legs like cattle you know, and it's all mush when you put that thing through. You're probably not going to be able to cinch that the tail of this tourniquet up tight enough yeah. to where you can occlude that artery. So you may need to. Mm-hmm. It just it just is what it is. But you know, as far as it goes, um, using a T Triple C approved tourniquet and using it correctly, which means having some form of training yeah. and the use of the tourniquet, um, is is definitely much better. There's um there's other tourniquets out there. There's like rats tourniquets, which 
I'm not a fan of the rat tourniquet. I'm not a fan of rat tourniquet okay. either. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the recon tourniquets and stuff like that, which are just like cat tourniquet knockoffs, which um, mm. they're cool. Like, I've got a couple of them in here. They were given to me, but like, you know, I've got a couple of them in here and they're kind of backup tourniquets. Um, I think I've got like seven in that bag, you know, just because. Active shooter bag. Yeah, I got like, you. Yeah, yeah, like active shooter bag. So, you know, I may need a lot of them. And um, so, you know, it's better than nothing. But if you have the option, absolutely, TCCC approved tourniquets, especially, um, they run about 30 bucks a pop. Yeah. Um, now, honestly, if people would spend on medical gear what they would spend on a, on a firearm, <laughs> you would have such a bougie medical kit. Yeah. I have um, often talked to guys who, like, yeah, I got this, like, $1,000 gun that I carry with me every day. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you talk to them about the medical. Yeah, I didn't want to spend that much. I got this, like, $15 medical kit here. Yeah. Like, um, and a lot of medical kits, like, they're – there are good medical kits that you can get online and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I just want to say, uh, technically, the one-inch piece of rubber band that's like 10 inches long that comes in a lot of the medical kits, everything else can be awesome. But the tourniquet is like a oh, one-inch yeah. wide piece. Yeah, those are tourniquets for heroin addicts. Yeah. That's not, yeah, that's not for, uh, that's yeah. not for stopping arterial bleeding. That is for, that's for, yeah, that's for shooting up the sleepy juice. <laughs> that's not, uh, that's not good for that. So, um, continuing with with that, uh, so coming back into the massive hemorrhage kind of side of things, uh, galls, galls is important. Yes. Um, you know, uh, essentially, I've got a ton of galls in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, when it comes down to it, if you have something, if you have an arterial bleed on a distal limb, you're going to tourniquet it off. And now I go as high and tight as humanly yep. possible. Yep. A lot of people say like a hand's width away from the wound site and stuff like that. Um you, when you tourniquet anybody, they're going to hate you. Like, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's not fun. How likely are they to pass out during um, being tourniquet, <laughs> like, having the tourniquet placed? Now, I don't know if they're passing out from the tourniquet being placed or they're passing out from the amount of blood that they've lost because it goes out pretty quick. Or passing That's out true. purely from the pain. Yeah, or <clears throat> passing out purely from the pain of the combined. Yeah, because like, when yeah. I was being taught, like, how to uh, like, shove the gauze in the wound, I was over here like, that's going to be insanely painful, and they're probably going to try and hit me. Like, yeah, now they will. They will almost always fight you. Yes. Uh, so I was. Uh, Brian was like, "Yeah, ideally, you just kind of hope they pass out while you're putting the tourniquet on." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, oh um, joy. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't punch them in the face. <laughs> But, but it'll also teach them not to do that. The fun thing is that uh, ever since that happened, whenever we do our safety talk at the range, whenever we do conceal carry mm-hmm. and stuff, it was like, all right, now I need three of the largest of you to volunteer to hold the person down while I'm shoving gauze in their yeah, hole. Like, <laughs> so it, it kind of comes down to it. Like if you have, if there's a situation where you need a gun, right, and you pull your gun out, yeah, congratulations, you're the guy. Like you are, I mean, you're Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> you're you're freaking you're John McClane. Like you're you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're the guy, whether you wanted to be or not. You you whip that smoke wagon out. You're the dude. Yeah. Same thing with a medical kit. Yeah. If you're the guy that shows up on scene with a medical kit, congratulations. You're the dude. Like you better know how to use that thing. Um, yeah. If you're absolutely lucky, you'll have some like really good fireman or like a paramedic or like yeah. a doctor that's not like. It doesn't have like a doctorate in like basket weaving or like yeah. gender <laughs> studies. He's like an actual like medical doctor or like a surgeon or something like that. If he's like, oh, I need a doctor, and they're like, I'm a doctor, and he's like, What are you a doctor in? Like, oh, it's social science. And be like, Why'd you stop? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do you, do you see? You should 
do some social science stuff somewhere away from me, please. But, uh, you know, this sounds like it may have happened to Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, nurses that work in emergency medical units. Mm. Now I, I, nurses that work in emergency medical units because nursing is, is can be such a specialized right. field. Right. So like it'll be like, oh well, I'm a nurse, and it's like, cool. Why aren't you doing anything then? Yeah. Like, you know, if like it, do something about it, then and no, okay, then I'm the guy still. Yeah. Okay. Like you know, you're technically more qualified than me, but you ain't doing nothing about it. So you know. Anyway, moving past that, if you skin this thing out, you're the guy. Yeah. Know how stuff works. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. They have a, anything on a distal limb, tourniquet it. Yeah. Easy peasy. You know, shut that off. You turn it like a hose and it's, you know, just like a garden hose and they, they stop. You know, it's tight enough when the bleeding stops and they fight you. Um, that's about a good indication. When you hear curse words come out of their mouth and they're like a pastor, that's probably about <laughs> right. Um, you know, if when in doubt, go another rotation. May, may as well. Like, yeah. You know, but um now, when we come to, to junction wounds and stuff like that, anything armpits, uh, the insides of the legs, sorts of crotch and stuff like that, um, you know, the butt, whatever, um, if they're bleeding significantly from that, you got to pack it, um, in which case gauze is good. Um, now, this stuff, this is really, this is really neat. It's H&H. It's, it's compressed. It's, uh, you know, they vacuum sealed it, so it's, like, really small, and it's just this. It's oh, okay. This. this is just really sexy. Um, you know, it's like, oh, it's super small. It fits in my eye. It's, it's just this. Okay, so it's just it's just rolled it's just, gauze. Yeah, it's just freaking gauze. Yeah, okay, all I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing special about it. Just it just looks it's a lot just, more special because it's vacuum sealed. Yeah, it just looks a lot more special because it's vacuum sealed. And you look like a cool guy with it. Yeah. Um, and it fits in your eye fac and stuff. There's also, there's, like, clotting gauze. This is a, a clotting sponge. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever, however you want to do it. This, these are really good if you have, like, laid open wounds and stuff mm-hmm. like that and venous bleeds and stuff like that. These are really dope for that. But, um, you know, as far as it goes, this is just gauze. Now, if you have combat gauze or something like that or cellox, like cellox is, is awesome. It works basically all the time and like you know um that you know in combat goals it's like yeah it's kind of expensive but it's expensive because it works yeah and um it's expensive because it makes people not die which is kind of the point yeah and uh so you know none of that stuff is going to work unless you know how to pack a wound just just says what it is if you have like if you've never done it before and you're like "Ah, i don't know how to do it you don't know how to like spin it and stuff that down in there and you're not like you're not pretty adept at cramming gauze into like people's holes that aren't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. You're going to suck at it and it's yeah. not going to work right. It just is what it is. Um, now, like that being said, it's, you know, but it's important stuff to have. And if nothing else, you can kind of like wrap somebody up with it or something like that. If they have a head injury, it still works the same. It's still gauze. Like yeah. wrap it around their head and, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Gloves, uh, of course, still important. They should be in your thing. I know I said don't use black gloves. I have black gloves in here, but I have four sets of gloves. The black gloves are just the last ones in there, and that's because somebody gave them to me. Um, so moving past that, airway. Um, airway is really important. If uh, they can't breathe, they're they're not going to last very long. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I stopped the bleed. And it's like, okay, well, they suffocated to death. That's not very cash money. So um, just a, a simple way to do it is a nasopharyngeal airway. Um, these, are, these are really good. So basically what this is is it's a tube that goes in your nose. Um, you I figured it. that by nasal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a little beveled side on this thing you take that you lube it up there's a thing of lube on the back so everything goes in easier with lube and then you put the beveled side towards the septum and you cram it in their mouth and you cram it up their nose 
I'm sure they love that. I mean, will you, let, will you let me do it to you for the podcast? No, 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 I will not. You won't? No. It's messed up, Brian. <laughs> Think about your viewers. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'll say, um, send him a lot of emails if you want to see me give him an MPA. <laughs> He'll succumb to the peer pressure eventually. No, I don't. Any- <laughs> I, I don't. Peer pressure does not bother me. <laughs> yes, it does. He's just saying that. It's a bluff. Okay. Email no. anyway. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, email anyway. But um, so essentially, yeah, nasal pharyngeal airway. Now, this is a, I don't remember what size this is. I think it's like a 28. Yeah, size 28. You can see it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, size 28, that's pretty standard for adult okay. sizes. If uh, you're bigger than that, it's not really going to bother you. If you're smaller than that, it'll still go. Um, you know, it's, it's just important. The length, like you can kind of measure the length by essentially the length of the nose to the ear Mm. so if like it's past that um if you put it too far in it will gag them and then Mm. they will vomit into it and then aspirate their vomit and they'll die or if they have some kind of head injury you may not want to use this because if it causes a gag reflex um, especially if they have like a cracked cranium or something like that then you know the gagging can cause pressure inside the skull and kill them or you know make things worse cause hemorrhages that kind of thing but for the most part if you're having to secure somebody's airway that works really well um okay. what also works really well and most of the time is just the old like chin lift head, head tilt, tilt yeah. yeah or uh you know that jaw forward thing um they teach you that in uh in cpr mm-hmm. class and stuff so you know um but that's a, a really good tool just to make sure the airway is secure. They can absolutely breathe, uh, especially if you have somebody. I mean, even if they just have congestion or something like that at that point and you're not able to keep their mouth open and you're just not able to deal with it, cram the hose in through them. Just make sure it doesn't go all the way back and gag them so that way they don't aspirate on their vomit. Um, so, yeah, that's airway, uh, respiration. Um, I you think anything technically works for it. Oh, coming back to the bleed, uh, ace bandages. Mm-hmm. are a good thing too for venous bleeds and stuff like that um if you take this gauze and this ace bandage and you put this gauze on the wound and then wrap it in this ace bandage it'll stop a venous bleed you can usually tell a venous bleed because it it doesn't come out as fast as a uh um as one from an artery it's usually darker as well yeah and it's significantly darker uh, yeah. you're usually able to tell um there, there's not a whole lot of confusion about it unless you've just never seen one yeah um so if so for respirations um some form of chest seal now i've been in situations and stuff before where i've really needed chest seals and um you know so i had a guy shot himself in the chest it was the upper right hand side of the chest um yeah it's stupid uh yeah it's not a very good place to shoot yourself if if you're wanting to um not that i'm advocating anybody shoot themselves but don't do it there like use some sense uh, you probably don't have any if you're going to shoot yourself but another point um shot himself in the upper right hand side of the chest uh i have the other officer that was with me goes and gets the medical kit comes back there's i really hadn't checked the medical kit i was in a car i wasn't used to driving and stuff like that we're, we're issued our own vehicles i've got a ton of crap in my car i was in somebody else's car and there's one chest seal in it mm. i've got an entrance and an exit wound mm. So luckily for me, I was uh, adept enough to know that um, any piece of plastic can work as a chest seal. It it doesn't matter. All it has to do is seal the chest. If it won't allow air through it, good enough. Yeah. Um, Now you need some kind of tape or something like that. And, you know, big thing, uh, the skin does not like stuff sticking to it. So the hyphen chest seals are usually what I use. Um, Bowling chest seals are pretty good. And there's a handful of other companies and stuff like that that make good chest seals. Um, but just you just want to make sure that it's 
a quality chest seal mm-hmm. that will actually stick to them. Um, now you want to dry off the area first because if they have a penetrating chest wound, they're probably bleeding from it as well. Uh, you want to make sure it's as dry as humanly possible before you apply the chest seal so that way you have the best chance of it sticking. These things still can't rip off. Um, you know, even if you use a good quality one, they can yeah. still get caught on stuff and get ripped off. The same thing happened to the same dude that we had to improvise the one on his chest and then I put the one on his back just because it was the one closest to my hand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like that one ripped off because it got caught on the gurney that we were putting mm-hmm. them on. You just stick it back down, you know. But uh, you, know, you can improvise. You, really, you can improvise any of this stuff short of, you know, if you have the right materials. I yeah. mean, just short of like a chest dart you can pretty much improvise any of it i mean a a strip of t-shirt will work just as well as gauze for the most part but you know it's just now i have to take the time to while this person's bleeding out to rip a strip of t-shirt off or you know i can make a tourniquet yeah i mean i can use the sleeve of my long sleeve shirt and a flashlight and i can make a tourniquet that'll work but like you know now i have to not only destroy my shirt but i also have to you know take the time to rip it at the seam and then wrap it around tie it off and it's just a a bunch of increased time where i can spend like 30 bucks and not have to worry about it Hmm. or i can spend 20 bucks and not have to worry about it you know what i mean yeah improvised Um, is improvised for a reason you're better off just buying extra of the thing you might need yeah like they, they make purpose made stuff for it and all of this together i mean you know We've got uh like five bucks here. These are just from CVS. Like, um, instead of this, like this is just it's a freaking ace bandage that's vacuum yeah. sealed, so it's smaller. Um, you can use a normal ace bandage. Uh, you'll see in here. I've got a ton of ace bandages. Um, you know this stuff, ten bucks. But like I said, it's gauze. Uh, you know tourniquets are really like the hardest thing to improvise. But honestly, you know, even this can be improvised, just not as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when you have all this purpose-made stuff and you don't have to improvise it, it just saves time. And when, you know, somebody yeah, time is, sitting, is life. Yeah. When somebody's sitting there like, you know, bleeding out or they're breathing through a hole in their chest or something like that, time's probably a good thing to have on your side. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, like you're covering your basics. Like you just want to cover the first three of March, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. So um, like massive hemorrhage, airway, and... Respiration. Respirations, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I've worked, a, I've worked a 12-hour shift for everybody listening uh, just before this, and then I drove all the way down here, and I'm just I'm running on energy drinks and, like, the smell of coffee. <laughs> when this is over, you can have your own coffee. I can. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's very generous. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, sir. Yeah, so now we have kind of greater trauma kits and, and stuff. Now, that one was really individual. Right. Um, and, and like I said before, like, you know, this stuff isn't just for – well, I'm going to use it on somebody else. Uh, your individual first aid kit should be set up for use on you. So all of the things that you would want in your individual first aid kit for a skilled paramedic to use on you if you were all messed up is what you should have. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it, it doesn't weigh much at all. It's None of it's really terribly expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you can go to a lot of medical supply places and stuff like that, and you can buy, you know, several of them at a time, and it's it's not a big deal. But like, especially even if, you know, uh, by, by quality stuff. And I think you, yeah, you've said yeah, that for sure. But like, and if you're going to, one thing that a lot of people I've noticed, they'll, they'll go look for a kit mm-hmm. and they'll buy a kit and they'll buy a kit that's really cheap mm-hmm. and it's really crap. And, yeah. you know, it's full of a bunch of crap and just buy, if you're going to buy a kit, that's cool. Um, make sure you do some research and buy a kit that actually has really good yeah. yeah, good stuff in it. Yeah, um, like when in doubt, you can just kind of default to T C approved. 
yeah. if uh, if they have advertised their stuff as being tactical combat casualty care approved, then you know you're going to get something good out of it. Yeah. Um, now that's going to be more expensive, granted, but even still, like in the in the long term of things, people will be like, oh well, I'll go buy 500 rounds of ammo, whatever, and you'll spend 250 bucks on that, but you won't spend 100 dollars on yeah. a good medical kit. Yeah. And it's like you know that right there is a, even a, just adding it up in my brain is around 100 bucks. Yeah. You know, and it's a hundred bucks for a lot of peace of mind, you know, mm-hmm. um, just even just when you think about, I mean, there's first responders everywhere, there's firemen everywhere, you know, you have paramedics and cops and stuff that are just around that may not have that equipment on them. Right. And if it's you laying on the ground and you're like, Hey, here, and you could just hand it to them that it'll make their life a whole lot easier. They're not having to improvise stuff then. So, I mean, really think about like, you know, when, when you go to buy these medical kits and stuff like that, just be like, what would I want used on me? Or what would I want used on my wife? What would I want used on my kids? What would I want used on, you know, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, and, and just kind of base it off that. And it's, it's worth spending a little bit more money because it's, it's not like a huge financial difference between like a cheap tourniquet and a nice tourniquet. Right. Like, you know, you can get like the recon ones. Like I, there's nothing wrong with the recon ones, but personally I just don't use them for, you know, uh, for, for primary tourniquets mm-hmm. just because where I may, or where I may be a little bit more medically adept than the average person. I may be able to make that tourniquet work if that tourniquet is having some kind of problems or I'm not able to, or something like that. It's the same reason why I don't use, um, the SWAT T tourniquets, yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not which are, you know, that. like they're great pressure dressings, but when you put enough pressure on it for it to act as a tourniquet, they just have a tendency to slip, especially when people are bleeding, which is the reason that you use a yeah. tourniquet. <laughs> yeah. Like blood is slick until it dries. Yeah. And so, you know, then, then you have something slip and yeah, a lot of guys are really able to make that work and they're able to make it work, especially in, um, you know, a, a lot of, you know, units and stuff like that. They, they, they like them and, and stuff like that, but you know, they're a lot better at this stuff than I am. Right. You know, they do it day in, day yeah. out, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they know how everything works. They probably use it in conjunction with something else, some kind of wound packing or something like that, or another uh, pressure dressing. So it's, you know, uh, the tourniquet isn't the only thing stopping that bleeding, you know, so just be mindful of, you know, you may not always be handing that medical kit to, somebody who is medically adept and you, it may be stuff that a novice will have to use right and it's probably going to have to be used on you now this stuff more specifically this is more for me to use on other people right um just in general now i usually keep i get a little cc scorpion that i keep in here just because you know it's good um but you know especially stuff we're talking about medical emergencies especially when we're on roadside um, so I've got a traffic vest in here. It's just a gauze one that says police on it. It um, identifies me as a police officer. If you're so not you a police do, officer, you shouldn't have one. That yeah, says if you're police. not a if you're not a police officer, you can get one that says I don't know citizen or here awesome to help. Dude. Yeah, or like here to help or yeah. I uh, I don't know. Maybe like it can say like I guess I'll do it if nobody else is going to. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a pretty good one. Um, yeah, because by all means, if somebody else wants to do it, like. Go for it. Unless they're really messing them up, I wouldn't really interject. Like, you know. yeah. Just summarize, but, say improvising. Yeah, like, you know. But, uh, you know, it, it probably shouldn't say police on it. I don't think the police will be mad at you if you have one that, you know, says police on it. But, you know, just no, you shouldn't advertise yourself as a police officer. As if you're not a police wouldn't officer. that be a whole, like... Um, what, you're talking about, like, the meme where the Spider-Mans are all pointing at each other? No. Like, um 
why did my brain just like impersonating, sh- like a, like a impersonating is the word I was like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, in the in the same vein, if you know, like me and Jada were out, and you know, we're out on the roadside, and I was like, "Here, put this on, so you don't get hit by a car." And it says police. It's like you know, oh, wait, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's different. But if you're like, "Hey, move," and they're like, "Are you the police?" and you're like, "No, it just says that." It's not really impersonating. Okay. It's All just right. you just have a reflective vest that has words on it. Okay. Um, but yeah, essentially this stuff will have all the same crap that that one does, just in greater volume. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got. I think I've got like two tourniquets in each of these pockets and I've got pressure dressings um, touch briefly on pressure dressings. Now you have specific made pressure dressings. This one's an Israeli, an Israeli bandage. Yeah, I've got an H like bandage those. over here. Um, they're really cool. Uh, but you know, uh, the same thing, you know, these are really good for venous bleeds and stuff like that. Personally, if I was going to use one of these, I would have already packed the wound. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, after you pack the wound, um, now there's not really any particular pressure dressing where the dressing itself is able to be removed to be packed. So th- these aren't uh, essentially these are just uh, like a big maxi pad with an ace bandage wrapped around them. Mm-hmm. And if you have a maxi pad and an ace bandage, you have something almost as good. Uh, yeah. You can get a little bit more pressure out of these, but like you know, it, it's not anything so like great. Uh, but I think these are like 15 bucks, so it's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You can just get more Again, than I mean, you don't have easier. to improvise. Don't. Exactly, yeah. But, um, you know, if people are worried about it, like, oh, I don't have Israeli bandages, and it's an ace bandage, will be just as good. You know, just as good. Um, yeah, extra tourniquets and stuff like that in the sides of these things. Now, uh, one thing that's I think is really important is more of a comfort item and stuff like that, but especially around now, it's, what, like 40 degrees? Or something like that. Now, if you've got a, a patient who is now, you know, especially for bleeds and stuff like that, he's got less blood to move around. He's got less blood to keep him warm, less blood to move oxygen and stuff like that. Um, this is just a Mylar blanket, just a rescue yeah. blanket. Uh, keep them warm, especially if they're out here, if they're laying on the sidewalk, um, you know, that's going to suck the heat out of them and stuff like that. And it would really, really suck for your patient. You've done all this cool guy stuff and you got tourniquets on them and whatever else. And then they die of hypothermia mm. and you're like, ah, you know, the nature's killer. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. Hypothermia has been killing people since the dawn of the cold. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's important just have something that can kind of keep them warm, keep them um, you know, uh, keep them a little bit more comfortable. And if nothing else, it can just kind of wrap them up and keep everything in one place. So they quit messing with it. Um, if you can literally, if you can roll somebody up like a burrito, so they can't really move their arms, they're not going to mess with their tourniquet as much. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's like always the kind of stop that stuff, but like, you know, it just, it, it keeps them together. It keeps them up in one package so they can kind of get, get picked up and moved. Mm. Um, yeah, it makes life super easy. Um, let me see. Uh, Sam splints are another thing too. Now these aren't like super duper important, um, but they're like, super cool though. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're awesome. Have you ever messed um, with a Sam splint? Yeah. So essentially, what it is is it's a flexible metal piece on the inside that when you essentially when you you bend a ridge into it, you know how like uh, curtain blinds are rigid because they're they have like a, a curve. Yeah, and that's the only thing that keeps them rigid because if they were straight, they would just be floppy. Um, it's essentially the same idea, but this is just covered in foam, and so that way it doesn't like cut them. So you bend it out how you need it. You put the curve into it, and then you tape them up, and you create a splint for them. Um, now, that's one of the really things neat. that these are really uh, like really handy for is you can make uh, neck braces out of them. 
So um, especially if you have somebody, uh, traumatic car wreck or whatever's going on, if they've suffered a fall, head injuries and stuff like that, you can kind of expect some form of C-spine injury and stuff just to go with it. Um, it just kind of goes along with the, uh, comes along with the territory. So being able to secure the head as another thing, um, you can basically just roll this out. And if you put it behind the neck and fold it down, you can secure the neck in place and you can tape over it. Um, so around the neck and under the chin, you can look at, I really don't feel bad about opening it because it's going to be the same. It'll roll right back up. Yeah, yeah, it'll roll right back up. It's not like one of those. Uh, it's not like opening any of these package stuff. Yeah. This doesn't so have just, to be a sterile either. No, yeah, no exactly. it doesn't have to be sterile. Um, nothing like that. Um, it's just, I mean, good things to use, especially uh, if you have larger dressings and stuff like that, large gauze pads and things like that. Um, you know, it, it may just be comfort items but you know as far as it goes like yeah i may not need it but it, it comes in handy and i've got the room well, for when it. you have a bigger yeah exactly when you have a bigger bag for mm-hmm. a situation like that you have room for comfort items as well yeah exactly um you know and, and don't get me wrong i probably have a bunch of crap i don't need in here too but you know on the other hand i can afford to do that because you know i've got other stuff like i got a big can of mace i don't need a big can of mace but <laughs> You know, sometimes you need a big can of mace. Like maybe they're trying to mess with their tourniquet, and you're like, "Hey, mess with your eyes instead." <laughs> but uh, no, it's not good. It messes with the the third letter in March, and that's respiration. And they shouldn't be breathing spicy air when you do that. But um, yeah, like I said, um, same thing. I've got pressure dressings, but I've also got you know space bandages case, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, you know, really a, a lot of stuff. If you're not going to be able to carry the specific tools for what you need, you should be able to carry the the tools to improvise what you need. Yeah. So, um, you know, on, on a lot of times the, the tools for improvisation go a lot further than your spe- specified stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they actually make some belts that were like designed to double as a tourniquet. Probably. That would be an interesting product. They... They have. Uh, I think people have tried to, to develop that kind of stuff um, and, like, windlessing belts and stuff like that. But I, to my knowledge, they haven't done anything that's been... Worthwhile. Yeah, good enough for me to replace it. Also, you have to understand, uh, you know, all of these tourniquets and stuff like that, these are going to stay good for a long time oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. they're pretty well protected. Um, but when you carry a tourniquet every day, if it's on your if it's on your gear, if it's on your plate carrier, when I have, I have one on my belt... And uh, so, you know, when I'm in and out of the car with that thing and it brushes up against stuff, it's like it's subject to UV light. Um, all these these tourniquets and stuff like that, are eventually UV light will eat away the material and stuff like that. And you just, they're disposable items and you'll have to replace them. So, I mean, you think about how many times you replace your belt versus you probably replace a tourniquet like once a year, mm. you know. Um, another thing, I keep extra gloves. Like I keep a ton of gloves in here. But if you have the option, have gloves that go like way up the arm. Uh, like these do these yeah. come up way high um yeah I, I can't tell you how many times where i've, I've needed gloves that, that go up higher and i've gotten some kind of person goop like <laughs> on my upper arm and it's gross it's gross every time yeah like, i'm like, sure that is absolutely disgusting but you're trying to focus on the fact at hand and i don't care if it's like spit or it's blood or it's it doesn't matter if it's wet and it's not yours. Don't touch it. It's kind of the, uh, the, the rule for PPE when it comes to medical training. And, um, yeah, like it, it gets on your skin and it grosses you out and you feel like you need to wash 47 times. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's really pretty much it, but you know, I, I guess the main thing to remember is if you buy all this stuff, you're going to look cool 
and, and that's awesome. But what doesn't look cool is when you run up on scene and you have it all and then you don't know how any of it works. So you're just a dork who bought a bunch of crap. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, training. Yeah. Training. It all boils down to training. Training gotta, is going to be the most time. important because even if you're the guy that has to like drag a bunch of crap out and improvise everything and whatever else, you still look like the man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a whole lot better to understand how all of it works and be able to improvise if you have to and don't have your stuff than have all of the stuff and not know how to use any of it. Exactly. Like, people talk about Batman. They're like, oh, why would you ever miss your chance to be Batman? And it's like, Batman wasn't cool because he had all this money. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, that was a driving factor. He was able to afford the the cool hardened Kevlar suit and the Batmobile and all that. Yeah, yeah. But Batman just trained all the time. Yeah. That was what made him a superhero. Like, you know, <laughs> dude, he was just really, really, he was, you know, he was a G, you know. Yeah. And Batman knew how to use medical training and, you know, you know how to fight and stuff like that. So the thing that made Batman cool wasn't his money. It was training. Yeah. The money just helped fund yeah. his training. If not, he would have just been a rich kid with dead parents. And, like, yeah. that's not very cool. <laughs> so Be a really rich, almost orphan. That's not I th- what's up. I think it's also uh, really important to actually continue to train i mean don't oh, don't yeah. just do something you know i try to make it a point every year at least to go do something yeah uh, whether it's i mean a lot of times like this year i, I went and trained um mm-hmm. and I, I did a couple of days with a, a ranger on shooting right i'm already a shooting instructor you know it's something yeah. i do quite often um but it doesn't have to be new yeah, you don't exactly. have to look to do new stuff. Just look to train with different people, and you'll get new things. Yeah, no matter what. Um, you know, people are always searching like, well, what what else can I learn? Like, what new thing can I, I learn and add yeah. to the tool belt and stuff like that? But they also don't realize that, you know, they're like, oh, well, it's just a, another tool in the toolbox, and it's like, yeah, it's cool, but the crap in the bottom of your toolbox is freaking rusty. Yeah, you exactly. know, like, like if you, you haven't applied a tourniquet in seven years, what are the odds you're going to be able to do that very fast? Exactly. And, and the way I kind of delegate to people is like, you're never going to rise to the occasion. There's just like, you know, be like, oh, we're going to rise to the occasion. And it's like, no, that almost never happens. You're going to default to the level of training. Yes. Um, and to go further than that, you're going to default to the level of training that you have mastered. And um, if not, you're just going to eat crap. Like it just, yeah. it is what it is. It, you know, if, um, you know, if, if something's going on, you've got like some kind of active shooter or something like that. And it's you and him and you don't know how to pie a corner. You're probably going to get clapped. Yeah. It just, it is what it is, um, you know, or if you're an absolute G at room clearing and then, you know, you go and you smoke that dude. Now you have 30 people that are all bleeding out and you've got all this medical gear and you're looking around like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> you just get to watch yeah. 30 people die. Like, so it's like, yeah, you stopped these other guys from dying, but now you do feel like garbage because like, oh, well, I spent all this time doing that. I only needed half the amount of skill for my fight that I thought I was going to have mm-hmm. to. And I had none of the medical training. Yeah. So I, I think that basically holistic, um, like you know, self defense training is is, you know, protection. Yeah. You know, it, and it's it's um, how did you word that earlier? Preservation of life. Yeah. Exactly. So it's preservation of life training, and that is not really complete until you have a good understanding of medical training. Exactly. As well. And I mean, you know, you don't have to be a like a surgeon. Yeah. You know, yeah. It doesn't have to be anything like that. You know, like your job is literally just to keep them alive until paramedics exactly. who are better at it than you get there. Yep. And that's all. And, um, you know, and, and the same thing is, you know, that kind of continuation, um, as you train, you'll just, you'll kind of build, uh, you know, you'll, you'll build friendships and you'll build contacts and you'll build people that you can talk to. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, the same guys that are into guns are into cars and the same guys that are into cars are into watches. The same guys that are into cars and watches are into 
whatever, you know? Yeah. Not, you know, so you're going to find you have a lot of, you know, secular interests that are, are, you know, both interesting to you. Um, you know, so, you know, gun guys make friends quick. Uh, it, it doesn't take long at all. Yeah. And, and then you also have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. And if you have a particular question, I've got a friend that was a, uh, um, he was a surgeon in England, which, you know, it, it still counts. Like it, it's a country that doesn't matter, but it's like, you know, he's a, he's a doctor in New Jersey, but uh, you know, but, but yeah, but he was a, he was a trauma surgeon in England. And so, you know, like when I've had questions, I've asked him and been like, Hey man, like, what's the, what's the deal with this, this, and this, or if I'm in this situation with this kind of thing, cause it's something that I had heard somebody else had to deal with, like, Hey, what's the proper way to go about it? Or if I've got to move this patient or, or like whatever's going on, if I'm, if I'm seeing these symptoms with them, like, what do you think I should do with that? And, you know, so it's, it's good to have somebody who's kind of a wealth of knowledge, who's better yeah. at, you know, better than you at it. You know, people that that go to these things, talk to the guys that teach them, even, you know, like your stop the bleed classes and stuff like that are generally taught, you know, especially if you go to, um, you know, a lot of them will bring in paramedic guys that teach on the side, uh, paramedic instructors, um, stuff like that. You know, so a lot of the times if you just kind of talk to those guys and be like, oh, you know, what's the, what's the deal with this? Or can I ask you a question or get their contact information? Generally, they're more than happy to answer your questions. Yeah. Um, or at least they'll be able to point you in the right direction. So, I mean, you know, just the, the amount of knowledge that can just be passed kind of person to person if you have any amount of social skills. Now, some people don't. Yeah. Young guys especially, they don't. You know, sometimes you like, oh, you know, get a little touch of the tism, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, you send them a text. You don't even have to look them in the eyes, you know. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Uh, as much as we're enjoying this, we've already stretched a one – uh, episode into two, uh, we Correct. are going to have to. I, I mean, I should have known that. You yeah, know, it, we, we brought you in. It's going like to be long. Sometimes, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Stephen likes to talk, and that's cool. I enjoy talking to him. So, uh, hopefully, it was somewhat informative. Or, I, you know, I you think know. so. Okay, that's good. Um, you know, some of some of the ones that we've had you on in the past, we've just kind of sat there and just rambled. Yeah, yeah. So I think this was like packed full of a lot of information yeah, it's so just, that's good it's just two black belts adhd fueled ramblings it's yeah. just well, yeah. three you know she's oh, three. Yeah, she just true when you're here you know i don't i don't, I don't you, really talk all she doesn't much. talk as much yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sorry yeah. i try to be an extra body on the podcast <laughs> yeah and listen <laughs> technically it counts we have three people yeah. yeah all right well uh yeah guys uh real quick uh faith and freedom we haven't mentioned them in a while check out faithandfreedom.clothing uh, you can use Impact Defense coupon code. You get ten percent off. Um, help those guys out. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, I think that's about it. So, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you much. <laughs>